I'll first explain what a trigger rate is for those that maybe don't know. And for those that don't know, you should pay attention in case this is you. So when you have a variable rate, there's really two types of variable rate. If the recent rate increase and potentially more to come has you second guessing what you should be doing with regards to your real estate investing portfolio, you're going to want to listen to this week's episode. Uh, this is a recording from a recent virtual event that we ran with Daniel Patton of BM Select, a division of Butler Mortgages, uh, giving his views and ideas around uh, interest rates, the increasing interest rates, and what real estate investors should be doing. All that after the break. Welcome to the Right Club Podcast, where the focus is on helping you, the real estate investor, advance to the next level. And now let's join this week's hosts and share ways for you to customize your life. Daniel Patton from BM Select. So he has worked in the mortgage business and helped grow Butler Mortgage into the number one brokerage for investors. Daniel and his team uh, have years of experience planning, strategically helping investors from all areas, both uh, out, both outside and inside of Ontario. Daniel was ranked number 14 mortgage broker in Canada, but number one in our hearts for sure, uh, but uh, by, by CMP Magazine, along with his team of investor-savvy mortgage experts, uh, they have to uh, they have looked to build what has already been an amazing journey. So welcome, Daniel. Thank you so much for joining us. I know it's been a, probably a busy day for you. Uh, I'm sure you haven't taken any calls from any investors about you know this this small little announcement or anything like that. But uh, really, thank you on behalf of the Right Club and the Right Club community. Thank you for graciously giving us your time tonight and uh, sharing some insights. <clears throat> oh, my my pleasure, buddy. Always always a joy to be on with the Right Club team. And uh, I have to correct one thing. Listen, we have to get you some updated stats. I was number one last year, Alfonso, man, you got my number 14 was from like two, three years ago. So I got to get you some updated stats. So the, okay. I, have okay. there. I have to, my ego says, I have to make sure I say that. No problem. We only want to <laughs> deal with the facts. We want to make sure that we get everything right. So definitely. No, okay. So number one by, by CMP. That's not so, the number people care about today, right? The number people care about right. today yeah. is the overnight yeah. rate. Like you mentioned, that's, that's the big news today. But Daniel, yeah. Like, you know what, Let, let's start. I got a bunch of questions for you here. But, you know, how does this uh, interest rate change affect people's buying power and, you know, maybe kind of give us an overall, uh, obviously cover with the facts. I'm assuming yep. most people have already heard the news that are on here tonight. But for those that haven't, maybe give us a, a little bit of an overview what the, what the Bank of Canada did today. Right. So the, the, the Bank of Canada increased their overnight lending rate by 0.75, which means prime rate for everybody is going to be going up 0.75 per, uh, uh, percent. What that means for people is anybody that has a fixed rate, you're not you're not affected today. You may be affected on renewals. If you have upcoming renewals this year, that's something that might affect you. But if you have fixed rates, it doesn't really affect you. Where it affects most investors right now is the investors that have variable rates or balances on home equity lines of credit, because those are the rates that have gone up. Um, to put it into sort of a dollar figure, when you're talking a 0.75 to a 1% increase, because if you remember, Alfonso, it was a couple months ago, prime rate went up 1%. So 
0.75 to 1% per 100,000 is roughly an extra 50 bucks per month in terms of payment. So a $400,000 mortgage, that might increase your payment by around $200. Now, depending, this is something we could talk about as well, depending on the type of variable mortgage you have, your payments may or may not be affected. But that's, uh, that's how prime rate is going to affect us as investors and mortgage holders, variable rate for the most part, and home equity lines of credit. One other area, this will be a little restricting now to the public as well, is the qualifying rate. So when you ask, how does this affect us as buyers? Well, one of the things maybe people, not everybody knows is, when you're qualifying for a mortgage, right, the bank is not running your numbers at the five-year fixed rate, right, or the five-year variable. The rule is you have to run it at the stress test. And the stress test is I have to qualify a purchaser at 2% above their contract rate. So today or yesterday, let's say if you had four, let's say prime was at 4.7 today, it's up to 5.45. But if you had, let's just say prime minus 30 and prime yesterday was 4.7, your rate was 4.4%, right? And I would qualify your pre-approval at 6.4% because that's 2% above your contract rate. So when an increase like this happens to prime rate, not only does it affect monthly payments for those in variable rate mortgages, but it will lower people's pre-approval for two reasons. One, that qualifying rate is now higher, so it makes it harder to qualify for a higher number. And remember, when I'm running mortgage pre-approvals for people, if they have existing mortgages that have mortgage payments, if those mortgage payments are impacted, if they increase because of prime rate, all of that could contribute to a lower pre-approval on the other side. We're going to take a quick break from the show. Right, Club Nation, let's take a quick minute here to meet our sponsor for the week, Blackjack Contracting. They've been serving Niagara, Hamilton, and Brantford areas, and for the past three years, becoming the area's largest basement suite renovation specialist. That's right. And Blackjack works with real estate investors, both new and experienced, converting single family homes into multiple legal suites and renovating properties to achieve their maximum potential and value. Absolutely. And they've completed over 100 units from Brantford to Niagara Falls and everywhere in between. They handle everything from permitting and design to final cleaning before you list your rentals. And they also have fully licensed electrical contractors certified with the ESA and take jobs of all sizes. Make sure to check them out at blackjackcontractinginc.ca and also follow them on social media at blackjackcontractinginc. And they say investing can sometimes feel like the biggest gamble of your life, but when you have blackjack on your side, the house always wins. So now, back to the podcast. And now, back to the show. Gotcha. Okay, so now we're talking like, you know, like I, I've gone through it now personally, right? Looking, you know, looking for home, obviously qualifying for 2%, you know, that that uh, that stress test rate. Um, when we're talking about investors, are those same things applying when you're looking at an investment property, like, you know, versus whether maybe it's a corporation or a building, uh, obviously, you know, if it's less than, you know, depending on the lender, four or five units, you know, over a certain amount is commercial. So how does that impact like a, an investor from a personal standpoint or from their corporation or the building standpoint of qualifying? 
Yeah, it, it will affect it. it, it well, let's let's separate the two. So when you're buying residential, you're for the most part, it's like five, six units or less. There's like one bank that might consider five or six units as as residential, but everybody else, it's four units for the most part or less is residential. So this the qualifying for residential is very standard. When you're a bank or when you're trying to borrow money for a bank in terms of mortgage dollars, the banks amongst other things, is looking at three main criteria, right? They're asking, do you have the minimum down payment? And is it from an acceptable source? They want to verify that you have good credit. And the third is debt service, income versus debt. And that income to debt service ratio is a part of that stress test. So when the stress test goes up, whether you're an investor or not on the residential side, everybody is affected in that sense because the qualifying rate, if you're a buyer, is going up. Now, when you're buying multifamily commercial, it's a bit different. The qualifying of the building is done more on, on a DCR, the financials of the building. So the income coming in versus the liabilities of that property. Now, an increase to prime can affect that as well. Why? Because remember, they're taking into consideration what would the mortgage payment be as of today versus the rental income coming in. So if rates go up, it's going to have a higher liability to it, which could affect the DCR. Thus, the bank may require on, on multifamily more down payment, things like that to try to offset some of their debt service. So yeah, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't help people <laughs> get pre-approved you know, when rates go up for sure, you know, but one of the things, you know, we've sort of lived in a market where for the last 10 years, we've been very restrictive in our rules. You know, there hasn't been a lot of new product to market aside from, you know, uh, creative financing and things like that. Like, uh, but outside of the bank, the bank isn't creating new lending products. So one of the hopes in times like this is if it does become more, you know, difficult to qualify, if it's hard for people to qualify, that maybe we'll have some ingenuity in this in the field and maybe the banks will have some new product come along to maybe help some of the first time home buyers and people that are struggling to keep up with the pace of inflation. Yeah, there's definitely some announcements, uh, $2 billion. And, and I know I'm, I'm, I have my ear to the ground. There's 200 million for rent to own programs that, uh, that the, that the government's announcing. So, um, again, I, I don't think anybody is, is relying on you know, the government to have that silver bullet to create that solution or, or, you know, maybe the banks need to be a little bit creative with some other products that, uh, that they'll be launching. So, um, I guess, you know, you, you touched upon it uh, really quickly, but maybe we can go over it again. So the standard fixed rate versus the variable, if you're looking to kind of, you know, start some new financing or looking at that new product, what are you recommending? Um, I know, I think it was earlier in the year, you know, the bank was saying, oh, no, we're good for this year. We're going to wait till early 2023. And then boom, all of a sudden, the last, you know, few announcements, maybe first touch upon a little bit about the, the standard rate versus variable rate. And, you know, it's an investor's looking to start, um, uh, you know, to, to, to qualify what, what you would recommend. Obviously it's situational, but maybe some general, uh, general rules to look at. Yeah, obviously a question we get every day, fixed versus variable. So a few things I, I would consider for sure. I think my driving force right now is I want to balance risk versus a good rate, right? And when I talk about risk in terms of my mortgage, I mean like a, a long term, a fixed rate at a long term. I want to be very conscious of, of, of that because one of the things that can happen, which I'll explain, is when you lock into a high fixed rate mortgage and the bond yields come down and rates come down, or the bond yields go up and rates come down, I should say, 
and you want to break that mortgage, your penalty can get really expensive. And this happened right when COVID, right? Right before COVID happened, interest rates were going up. You were sitting around 379, 389 at the time. And right when COVID hit, rates dropped. The fixed rates came down to like two and a half, two, you know, 199, I think HSBC had at one point. So all those people with 4% interest rates thought, well, look, I'll just call the bank and break my mortgage and take a lower rate. Well, when you do that, you have to understand if you're in a five-year fixed rate mortgage and you want to break that term, the bank is going to look at, well, look, we have this money loaned out at, let's just say, 4% and you want to break it and you know we got to relend that money out at 2.5%, we're going to lose money on that. So we're going to charge you, the client, the interest that we're going to lose on that. And that's where you can start to see $20,000, $30,000 penalties. So that's just a side note. So why do I say that? Because fixed rates today, you know, you're roughly five and a quarter, could get all the way up to 5.79 on a five-year. So you're somewhere in the mid fives on a five-year term. Where are rates going to be in a year from now, in two years from now? We don't have a crystal ball. We know in the short term, they're probably going to continue to go up. I mean, look, they're, they said today with this increase of 0.75, you know, they indicated they're not done. So we can expect perhaps another quarter point in October. But you know, once we get to a leveling off period, that's the start. And inevitably, maybe next year, maybe in year two, we'll start to see those rates come back down. And you just want to be very careful of being locked into a five-year fixed rate and then rates coming down and you wanting to break that mortgage. So <laughs> long-winded answer to your question, here, Alfonso, but variable rate or a shorter fixed rate would be where I would lean. So maybe a one or a two-year fixed rate, you know, you can get in around five and a quarter. It's a reasonable rate right now. You know, variable rate, you know, with today's increase, I mean, some banks are prime minus 0.1. So if prime today is 5.45, you're getting at 5.35. Now, this is an interesting time. Remember, this is close to an inverted yield curve, right? And this happened again in 2017. That's where in mortgage terms, this is where fixed rates are actually lower than variable, right? This is a sign of a recession looming. This is this is interesting. Nobody takes it. Why would you take a variable rate if it's higher than a fixed rate? So this will start to put pressure on the banks to you know, potentially lower the discount to, you know, potentially lowering fixed rates, like we'll see, but this is, this isn't normal. I think this has only happened four times in our, in the history of our country where we've been in the middle of this inverted yield curve. And after this increase today, you're going to start to see variable rates are getting a little bit higher than fixed rates. Now I say that, but I still like variable. Why? Because I do think that rates will come back down over the next two to five years, maybe not this year, you know, maybe not the first half of next year, but I do think rates will inevitably come back down. So those people that are in variable rates, you will inevitably, not a prediction, this isn't recorded, right, Alfonso, you're not going to play this back in a couple of years? We're holding you to it. You are in charge of what the Bank of Canada does. Yeah, Daniel, yeah. Of course. <laughs> well, I just think in the long term, like most variable rates, hindsight will tell us that it was the lower rate in time, unless we somehow lucked into locking into two six nine or made a you know great decision earlier this year, locking in at two and a half or under three percent. But it's going to be a long time before we see that. So one to two year terms, variable rates I still like because the penalty on variable is only ever interest uh, three months of interest. So we always know the penalty cost. We're never going to get stuck with these big $20,000, $30,000 penalties if we're with a big bank variable rate. We're going to take a quick break from the show.
Right Club Nation, just want to take a quick moment here and introduce you to Private Money for Mortgages, which is a mortgage brokerage. And the great thing about Private Money for Mortgages is if you are looking to do a flip or a burr or something that requires a little bit more work where you might not get traditional bank financing, a great opportunity to still acquire that property is with Private Money. So Private Money is going to be at some point in your journey a necessary tool for you or maybe somebody that you know, another investor to build your portfolio and knowledge is key. You can book a discovery call with Susan and her team to learn why, how, and when to use private mortgages in your real estate journey. You can visit their website, which is privatemoneyformortgages.com. And there's a free guide to private mortgages that you can get there. And also Susan can help you with a vetting process. So when you are looking at properties, whether it's a flip property or a burr property, they can assist you with finding different financing options for these types of purchases. And again, it could come with a higher cost. Most likely it will because it's private money, but if it is executed properly with a proper exit, that is going to be key. So again, private money for mortgages, which is the number four com and now back to the show and now back to the show well and you know what daniel like again you, you mentioned you, you don't have the crystal ball uh even the bank of canada i think uh, our friend tiff there has come out and even admitted hey maybe we made a mistake and, and you know we were trying to change a couple of things and i think you know even outside consultants that they're they're working with now to to talk about what future plans are and, and again we're not going to hold you to to anything that you say here tonight but what do you think like you've already alluded to it a little bit that the next announcement in october you know potentially you know they, they've indicated we're not done yet but is there a tipping point or something that maybe they want to see where they're like okay hey we're gonna we want to get inflation down to a certain number or you know what there's something in in the economy that you know to, to kind of get to that rate to say hey we are done or or it is going to level out a little bit and obviously you know this is your best guess and 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 just just like anybody else you can't you know, properly. Well, I think that. we're getting close. I think we're getting close. You know, 3% is sort of the neutral rate for the bank in terms of the overnight lending rate, anything above 3% and you start to get into a little bit more high risk. So the fact that we're at three and a quarter today, a lot of economists didn't think we'd hit 3%. So we're now in a position where I believe we are headed, you know, for a recession. I think that, you know, if we're not already in one, we're certainly headed for one. Um, and it's got to stabilize first. So I think these last two increases for it to go, I mean, look, it's gone up 3% since the beginning of the year. 3%. Prime rate sat at 2.45%. I don't think we've seen an increase like this since the 90s. I mean, it's so this is new to investors. You know, trigger rates is something that we've never talked about in mortgages before this year, right? Like that's it's all this is a new, a new field for a lot of people. Well, and, and this is how I know, you know, you're a seasoned vet. That was the next question that I had on the on the docket here is the trigger rate. You know, that's been, uh, you know, widely talked about. There's all, all types of stuff on the news and in different uh, different sources and in different, uh, you know, obviously social media uh, people that are putting it out there. Maybe for those that, uh, that are hearing it for the first time or don't fully understand it, give us a little bit of an explanation and how we can prepare ourselves uh, or, or be prepared as investors uh, when we're talking about trigger rates. Great. Yeah. So let, let I'll, I'll first explain what a trigger rate is for those that maybe don't know. And for those that don't know, you should pay attention in case this is you. So when you have a variable rate, there's really two types of variable rate, right? There's the variable rate where if prime rate changes, your mortgage payments change. And then there's a static variable rate where your payments don't change. Now you have to think mentally for the past 
you know, few increases, the people who have had their mortgage payment changing feel like they're getting the sort of the bad end of the stick, right? They're looking at it going, rates are going up, my payments are going up, like, and I'm sitting here looking at other people and their payments aren't changing. They think that they're losing. But what's happening with those people is, remember, if your payment is changing, you're attacking the same amount of principal every month. So think, let's just imagine if you had a $2,000 a month mortgage payment and you're paying 1000 towards principal and 1000 towards interest, well, if rates go up and your payment goes up, you're paying $1,000 of principal, but maybe now 1500 of interest because your interest has gone up. That's normal. Those people, they'll just be affected with this increase. The same way they always have been. The rates go up a bit, their payment goes up. The trigger rate is more relevant to static variable, to the people whose payments have not changed, okay? And you have to imagine what's happening to the people whose payments don't change. If they're paying, again, same number, if they're paying $2,000 a month at the start of the year, and they're paying $1,000 towards principal and $1,000 towards interest, if that interest, if that interest keeps going up, and their payments not changing, what's happening is they're not paying $1,000 of principal anymore. They're now paying $1,500 of interest and maybe $500 of principal. So inevitably, what happens in a market where rates keep going up, these people will hit the point where their mortgage payment is now interest only because their rate has gone up. When that happens, you hit what's called the trigger rate. And the trigger rate is basically where the bank will call you and ask and give you three suggestions or, or opportunities, options to bring your amortization in line because you can't have interest only mortgages. So they'll, they'll ask for one, a cash call. So they'll ask you to pay them a lump sum of money to bring your principal mortgage down if you want to try to stay on the same payment. Two, they'll, you can lock into a fixed rate where your payments are going to go up anyways, and you have to lock into today's fixed rates. Or three, you can increase your variable rate mortgage payment like everybody else has had to do. But inevitably, this is, we've never had this before, Alfonso, right? And ever since I've been doing mortgages, I've been doing this for 20 years, we've never hit trigger rates. But 3% in one year, a lot of people who haven't been affected are potentially about to be affected. And if you want a quick sort of example, I use this. This is a quick idea. I always say, check with your bank. Do you have your calculator, Alfonso? We'll do a quick example. All right. So if you have your calculator, pull it up. But this is check with your bank for sure. But here's a rough calculation you can use to figure out your trigger rate. So I need two pieces of information. One, I need your annualized mortgage payment. So let's just say, Alfonso, you said to me, okay, well, Dan, I'm paying $3,000 a month for my mortgage. So I'd go, okay, 3,000 times 12. Remember, if you're paying bi-weekly, you do it times 26. If you're paying weekly, you do it times 52. So you take your monthly mortgage payment, you annualize it. So times 12. Take that number and divide it by the mortgage balance. So just say you owe 600, 600 grand. So divide that number by 600,000, Alfonso, yeah. and then multiply that number by 100. And that yeah. will give you a rough idea of your trigger rate. So what rate did that give you? That gave me six. So 6%. So there you go. So that's a rough, that now trigger. it's not okay. exact, but if you're worried about, am I going to hit my trigger rate, call your bank to confirm, but that's a rough idea you can use.
This week's podcast is brought to you by Butler Mortgages, Canada's number one mortgage brokerage three years in a row. If you need a great mortgage broker to help you with investing in real estate or to help you purchase your next home, reach out to Daniel Patton and Michael Zanzini from Butler Mortgages. You can do that by calling 905-569-8326 or toll free at one 888 and check out their website, butlermortgages.com or by email daniel.patton at butlermortgages.com or michael.zanzini at butlermortgages.com. And let's go to the lightning round. Yeah, no, that's a great piece of advice. And, and definitely uh, for all of you that are listening to this, you know, that's again, a rule of thumb or, or just a kind of a general, but it, it gets you close, right? That six number is pretty close to that, you know, 5.55 or we're talking about fixed rates or where you're currently at. So that's, that's a great calculation to kind of keep in the back pocket, uh, you know, to, to see that, but definitely yeah, reach out to, you know, your bank or whoever that you're holding that mortgage to get that, uh, to get that information. Um, all right. So there, we could talk like, all night, definitely. You know, you're so much information, so much uh, knowledge that you have to share. You and the BM Select team are just a phenomenal group of people helping out uh, investors. So, what's the advice that you're giving to you know whether it's you know green, newer real estate investors, kind of mid range that have been you know in the game four or five years, or for those veteran real estate investors, a little bit of you know kind of general advice. Um, you know, I don't want to ask you the general because is it a good time to invest? I think investors, it's you always have to adapt, you always have to change. But what are some of the challenges that we should you know try to avoid, or things that we can prepare ourselves as we're in this environment as we currently talk about right now? So some general advice, rule of thumb stuff. That, yeah, that I mean, look, share. aside from you know, you have to build a good team of people around you. You know, unless this unless this is your full time job and you have all the answers, you, it's a super important to have a strong realtor. It's super important to have a strong finance team, a strong coach, like a good network of people, one hundred percent. But you know, one thing about times like this is like, you know, it's an interesting question. You know, what do I tell people? It's like not much changes, to be honest with you. You know, interest rates are a number. It's just a part of the equation of investing. It's not the driving force. It doesn't mean rates go up, I stop investing. It means if rates go up, I have to be diligent with my numbers. I have to understand what my payments are. What's my monthly out and my monthly in just to a basic understanding. So I think that times like this are actually interesting. You know, it's not like I don't I'm not one of those people that says, well, now's a great time to invest, because to be honest with you, real estate, it's always a good time to invest. I'm a long term investor. You know, I might be a little careful on fast money right now, you know, flips and things like that. Not to say you can't make money on it, but I'm a long-term real estate investor. And what I like about long-term real estate is that if you look at a snapshot of real estate in Canada over the last 5, 10, 15, 20 years, it goes up. It's a supply and demand question. So be diligent. This is an opportunity now that we haven't seen in a long time. You know, when was the last time, in, especially in Southern Ontario, where you could go out, put in offers under listing, you know, no competition, right? So not a time to be irresponsible or reckless, but a time to be strategic for sure. But rates going up isn't shouldn't be the driving force. It's definitely a consideration, but it's just a part of the equation, like anything. Well, wonderful, wonderful advice, Daniel. You know what? I truly appreciate the time that you're taking. Uh, I know today was a busy day. The last you know few weeks, few months. I don't think there's a time where you're not busy. You, you're constantly working and helping for your clients uh, uh, and, and you do a great job for them. So thank you for, for taking the time, sharing that advice. So Daniel, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, thank the knowledge you. 
great information. And uh, as always, uh, appreciate you being a, a valued member of the Right Club community. So thanks My again. My pleasure, everyone. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Right Club podcast, where the focus is on helping all levels of real estate investors advance to the next level and help you customize your life. Be sure to tune in next week at rightclub.com slash podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you get a few seconds, please rate the podcast wherever you're listening. It helps the show get noticed by others like you. And we truly appreciate it. And don't forget to subscribe.